Hi, everyone. This is Lori Joyner from Lori Joyner Ministries. Welcome to my podcast, where we talk practically about all things discipleship related, such as where to find people to disciple, what to do on a typical discipleship appointment, and how to help our disciples grow in Christ. Whether you're just starting out or looking to sharpen your discipleship skills, you're in the right place. Well, hey, friends, it's Lori Joyner, your discipleship coach. Now, when a person you are discipling begins to disciple another, it is such a thrill. It's a celebration. It's really fun to see your discipleship multiplying into lives of others. So knowing when to challenge your disciple to begin investing in another person is key. If your disciple has their faith in Christ and has had a season of growth, they may be ready to pass on the baton of discipleship to another. However, don't move too fast. There are a few other areas that you need to observe as well. So I'm going to address two of these items today, and next week we'll talk about the next two. Number one is involvement in a local church. Your disciple needs to be plugged in to a local church before they begin to disciple somebody else, not just attending, but an active participant. When your disciple is not plugged into a local church, they're not really ready to disciple another. Things like baptism, tithing, worship, biblical teaching, Christian fellowship, serving, and the Lord's Supper are all done best with other Christ followers. Therefore, your disciple needs this piece in place before they begin investing in others. A great biblical model of the local church is found in the pages of Scripture. I love Acts 2, 42-47. It says that the early believers met daily. Verse 42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. My friends, this is what we're looking for. Okay, it may not look exactly like this today, but this is why we need to be a part of a local church. Because did you notice all the times it said everyone, all the believers, everything in common, they sold property. There is an implied uh, teaching here that there's more than one person. Okay, there's more than one person a part of this church. This is a group of people. This is a local body of believers. This is not an online Lone Ranger deal. This was face to face meeting and fellowship. And there in that local church is where you and your disciple need to be plugged in and serving. So our disciples need to move past merely attending a church to getting actively involved serving and worshiping with others, where they're tithing, they're giving, they're fellowshipping, they're using their gifts in the body of Christ. When this person disciples another person down the road, then they can invite their disciples to this church. And this models an important part of a believer's life. So number one, not only does your disciple obviously need to have their faith in Christ 
and need to have a season of growing in Christ, they need to be plugged in to the local church. Number two, your disciple needs to have a teachable heart before they're really ready to disciple another. It's not a good idea to urge someone to disciple others if they themselves do not have a teachable heart. For example, if you bring areas to their life that you've observed that may need a little attention and they say, well, I mean, you know, that's just, that's just who I am. That's just, that's just how I was made. And they refuse to make any, even small adjustments. They're just not ready yet to disciple somebody else. You see, when a person takes offense to kind and constructive correction, instead of just being thankful for your help, your honesty, your love, they're just not ready. Let me tell you something. The Bible itself is full of correction. You can't read the pages of scripture without being corrected in your life. You have to have a heart that's open to correction, whether it comes from a person, from a discipler, or from God's word itself. Consider what Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. He said, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped in every good work. So if an area of our life does not seem to line up with scripture, you as a disciple take the initiative to speak the truth in love. Share your observations and pray that the person will be teachable and willing to adjust. A person who is mature enough to disciple others will actually many times ask you to show them their blind spots, or they're at least willing to hear you out on a situation. And even if at first they're kind of hurt, they'll come back and say, thank you. I needed to hear that. A person who is humble and teachable is in the perfect place to disciple somebody else. They will help their disciples seek the Lord for change, and they'll be continually seeking the Lord for change in their own life. So now listen, if after reading these two issues, number one, getting involved in a local church, and number two, having a teachable heart, if you're saying to yourself, oh goodness, the person I'm discipling is needing help in one of these two areas, or maybe you recognize you're the one that needs help in this area, I just want you to take heart. We're all in process. There's always room for growth, okay? What I want you to do is have a conversation with your disciple about one or both of these issues if needed. For example, you could say, you know, church involvement is a necessary part of growth as a disciple of Christ. It is here that we use the gifts God has given us to help the body of Christ be all it can be in a lost and dying world. So I just want to ask today, what do you think is holding you or, or you and your family back from plugging in to a local church? And just hear your disciple out. Just really listen and see where maybe you could lend some help or encouragement in this area. Emphasize that for them to invest in others down the road, that this needs to be nailed down so that the people they reach out to and disciple see this biblical model of local church involvement lived out. Okay, let's just say that they're dealing with the other issue. The person's just not teachable. So I think you need to address this issue by itself. You may need to say something like, you know, I pray for you often, and I'm always thinking about when you will disciple another person one day. And one of the things I think is holding you back, just, just in my assessment, 
is that when I bring things to your attention that I think you might need a little bit of work on, you often take offense. So then I end up not bringing things to your attention and I feel like it's stunting your growth. Can we just talk about this today? Why do you think this is? I want you to listen to your disciples, see where the issue may be. Who knows what may be going on in their mind and in their heart when they're confronted with an issue. Maybe there's some hurt in their history. Maybe there's something deeper that needs to be dealt with. Maybe they have really been wrongly hurt in the past, and so they're guards up always. Maybe they don't think you're really in their corner. Maybe they are really hard on themselves, and they're always beating themselves up. And so when you bring up an issue, it just compounds things. Just listen to your disciple and see maybe what could be changed. Okay, so question of the week. How about you? Before you were discipling others, what were the areas that you needed to adjust before pouring into others spiritually? Are either of the areas I spoke on today areas you or your disciple need to adjust? I would love to hear your feedback and insights you've gained in helping to encourage your people to disciple others. Well, today I want to do a keeping it real moment. And today I really feel like I need to call it a from the heart moment because I've had a conversation with people over and over and over and over about church involvement. And I just kind of want to double click on that today in this space. So like I said, it's usually about church involvement and it goes something like this. When I ask them, you know, what's holding you back from plugging into the local church? They'll say something like, well, you know, I work so much. So the only time I have to do errands for our family or or for myself is is on Sundays. Or, you know, after the shutdown, I found a great pastor I totally love online and they're in, you know, another state. So now we just watch that pastor as we sit together as a family on the couch. Or they may say, you know, I I was plugged into a church a while back, but to be honest, I've just gotten out of the habit. Or maybe it's, well, I was a part of a church a while back, but, you know, something went wrong and, you know, this pastor did this or or I got hurt or, you know, I wasn't there for two Sundays and somebody didn't call me. And so I've just, you know, looked for a few other places, but I'm not really committed anywhere. Okay. I can't even count the number of times I've had this conversation with people. And, And to be honest with you, I feel like it's getting worse. It's like, I have disciples that I want them to plug into a local church because I feel like their, 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 their involvement or their growth in Christ is stunted because they're not giving of their heart to others, but it's always something. And I just want to keep it real here. And if that is you and you're saying, you know, church is just, you know, something I've gotten out of the habit of, I, I just want to exhort you and tell you this church is not for you. It's not just for you. Church is not about you. I don't know how to say it any differently. It's not about what you're getting or what you are going to say no to, to go to church for. Matter of fact, church is not about you. Church involvement is about God and about others. Listen, I don't go to church to be fed. Okay. Okay. Listen to me clearly. I don't go to church for somebody to stand online, uh, stand online, stand on the stage and just give me everything I need. I don't. I go to church to serve. 
I walk in thinking there are people that are going to be here today that are lost. They're stuck. They're on the verge of divorce. They're on the verge of suicide. They're depressed. They've walked in the doors of this church for help. And who is going to help them? No church staff can possibly be responsible to reach out and help meet every need. And I am a mature believer that can come along and help. I got my eyes open, my antenna up. I can come in and help people. I can be a happy face. I can put my arm around somebody and say, you're going to make it today. I can invite them to lunch. I can invite them to a Bible study. But my purpose going to church is not for Lori. It's for others. Now, now, do I learn new things at church from the pastor? Of course. Yes, I do. I haven't arrived. I haven't memorized the Bible. I could always learn. But that's not why I'm literally walking in the door. I'm there with my Bible. I'm ready to take notes. I would love to learn. And often I do. But my purpose for going there was not to make somebody entertain me and fill me. I'm doing that already daily. I'm reading the Bible. I'm, I have prayer time. I seek the Lord. I ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit, overflowing to touch nations. I want the mind of Christ. So I'm not just going to go to church and sit on the pew and wait for somebody to entertain me. That's not why I go. I go to help others. I go to greet a visitor. I go to invite people to a Bible study. I go to use my gifts, the spiritual gifts God has given me in the body of Christ. My gifts, personally, you can take a little spiritual gifts test online if you want. My gifts are evangelism, serving, and faith. So I go to church to exercise those gifts. You know, I actually feel sorry for people sitting at home and watching a pastor give a 30-minute lesson and then, you know, calling it good for the week. I mean, what about service? What about when your marriage goes off the rails or a person close to you dies? Don't you want a Christ-centered local body of believers carrying you through that turmoil? I mean, the Bible is is extremely clear that we are the body of Christ. This is not a Lone Ranger deal. You are not meant to sit on the couch with your cup of coffee, checking your phone for text messages every five minutes and watching a sermon. It will stunt your growth as a believer that way. You have gifts that are supposed to be exercised in the local church. And further, you are here to serve as Christ served us and gave his life for us. Listen, I found a great pastor online during the shutdown too. I did. There's a phenomenal pastor named Nathan Cothan out of Beaumont, Texas. Phenomenal man. But I don't live in Beaumont. I live in Katy. So I promise you, if I were to sit down with Pastor Nathan Cothan, he'd probably say to me, Lori, you need to get involved in a local church. And, you know, to be honest with you, if we have somebody online we've found or, or on TV, guess what? They're sermons. They're recorded. <laughs> you can watch them anytime during the week. You can listen to them on a podcast. It doesn't have to be on Sunday mornings. Now, Sunday is not the only day I go to church. I'm serving the church on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights as well. I'm not saying you have to go full throttle right off the bat. But what I am saying is that other people need you. They need you to exercise your gifts in the body. They need your smile. They need your welcome. They need your prayers. They need your help. So if you're not plugged into a local church, this is your weekend to do it. And bonus, you may meet people who need help spiritually there, and you can start to disciple and meet with them. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we want to be disciple makers. 
We want to be men and women who are discipling others for the glory of God to add to your eternal kingdom and not to build up our little kingdoms on earth. Father, I pray that if there's any way within us that is not pleasing in your sight, would you put us through the refiner's fire? Will you burn away the chaff so that we might be more useful vessels in your hand, more useful tools to help others? And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Lori Joyner Ministry serves the global body of Christ with discipleship resources, publications, and ongoing coaching and consulting of discipleship ministries. To invite me to speak at your next event and to see a full list of my discipleship books and Bible studies and resources, please visit me at loriejoinerministries.org.